to me, say, this is God's word, not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. And as we hear the word of God this morning, I pray that the Holy Spirit will translate what your word is saying through the Logos word. And, Father, it will help us to hear what the rhema word for our lives are today. I thank you that no one will leave this place spiritually unfed. And there will be no distractions that will keep us from hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us as a church and to us individually. As I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God to teach, to rise up, to minister to everyone that's here. And Lord, I declare in advance that we'll give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow your word in Jesus' name. If you believe that prayer, say amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're currently winding down our series on how to have a better life. Say that with me. Say how to have a better life. And today's message is the conclusion of the three-part teaching that we've been doing on understanding your adversary. However, today's focus will be the keys of saturation and overcoming negative thinking. And so the goal of today's message is to help you understand and learn the importance of saturating your lives with God's word and provide you with a practical illustration and simple steps on starting and maintaining. Say starting and maintaining. Give you simple steps on starting and maintaining A better thought life. Because you need a better thought life in order for your life to be better. So I want you to turn your Bibles now to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, that's where we're going to start this morning. And here's the point that I want you to write down if you're taking notes. We will experience a better life when we have learned how to consistently overcome negative thoughts. I'm going to say that again. We will experience a better life when we have learned how to consistently overcome negative thoughts. How many in here would like to experience a better life on a consistent basis? Let me see your hand. I'm going to show you through God's word today that you can experience a better life consistently as you learn how to manage and overcome negative thoughts. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, are you there? Okay, we're looking at verse 11. It says, Lest Satan should get an advantage over you, for we are not ignorant of his what class? Of his devices. Now, in prior teachings, I have shown you that word devices actually means mental perceptions and thoughts. So, really, that verse could read this way. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of 
are, we are not ignorant of his mental perceptions and his thoughts. So the devil talks to us through thoughts. It is through the unrenewed mind or soul that he gets the advantage over us. And any sin or negative attitude, how many have had a negative attitude before? Amen. Any sin or negative attitude that we will ever commit will always start with a thought. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11, I actually want to flip the verse so it can read. It's going to say the same thing. I'm just going to put the first part of that verse uh, and the second part and take the second part and move it to the first part. So this is really what that verse is saying as well. For we are not ignorant of the devil's mental perceptions and thoughts, lest he should get an advantage over us. So watch this now. If we don't understand how the devil throws negative thoughts our way, he gets an advantage over us. And anybody who has an advantage on another person typically wins the battle. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. So I want you to do this. I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. And while you're turning there, here's the point I want to make. To overcome negative thoughts, you must understand the process. Say process. You must understand the process of how these negative thoughts come. In other words, remember now, the Bible says that the devil, he is the prince of darkness. Anything that comes from him has darkness attached to it. And so there's a process in which he uses to throw negative thoughts our way. I'm going to expose what that process is. And then I'm going to give you a new process of how to manage these thoughts. And then how to clear your thought life up so that you can always walk in the light. Now here's the process that the devil uses. It's three things that connect that connects to this whole process. First of all, the source of negative thoughts. Then the strategy of these negative thoughts. And then the system For these negative thoughts. What was the first one? Source. What's number two? Strategy. What's number three? Systems. Now, the source of negative thoughts is the devil. Write down James 1.17. You don't have to turn there. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Watch this now. With whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, that verse is saying, first of all, all good things come from God. So if it's bad, who does it come from? The devil. devil. So all good comes from God, number one. And God is so full of light, it is impossible for him to have a shadow. So just like you can see my shadow, God has so much light. He is light that it is impossible for him as a light being to even have a shadow. Now, I like it also says, uh, it says no variableness, meaning God don't even change. In other words, he says, I'm the Lord God and I change not. So whatever he said in his word is going to work, it is going to work. Amen. So watch this now. That's the source of negative thoughts, the devil, the strategy. The strategy is he hopes that we ignore these negative thoughts or we ingest these negative thoughts. So write down. 
ignore or ingest. That's his strategy. His strategy is once I throw these negative thoughts toward this person, I am hoping with all of my heart that they either ignore these negative thoughts or they ingest them. Now, let me say, let me say this to you. If you ignore them long enough, you don't know that in ignoring them, you are slowly ingesting them. Now, ingest means to take in. So, First, he, he throws the negative thoughts to us because they come from him. Then the second thing, he hopes that we either ignore them or we ingest them. And then the third thing is the system. Here's the system. The system is to throw these negative thoughts and hoping that the domination of those negative thoughts will filter through uh, uh, domination through filtration. In other words, he throws enough at you. And if you don't manage them, then they're going to filter into your heart and your heart is where you believe. Now, most people don't realize, go to Ephesians 6. Are you in Ephesians 6? Okay, Ephesians chapter 6. And I want you to keep your hand here even after we get done or put a piece of paper there, your bulletin, or put something there. Because uh, we're going to come back to this verse at the end of the message. Ephesians chapter 6. Fiery darts that the devil throws to us. They come in the form of words or in thoughts. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16. Notice it says here. Above all taking the shield of faith. Wherewith we shall be able to quench how many? All the what? Fiery darts of the what? Wicked. Okay so I need you to see that fiery darts are coming to you. But those fiery darts is not the devil throwing darts at you. These are negative thoughts that he's hoping that you ignore them or you ingest them. So what's the way to prevent this? I've come up with what I call a negative thought prevention system. And this is what it is. I said it last week in words, but then I'm going to illustrate it today. And then I'm going to also hopefully help you dissect what it means. In other words, this negative thought prevention system is educate saturate and activate educate we covered last week that's how much words you need to understand in your life to get your life on track but then after that you got to saturate yourself and that's my focus this morning and and so here are three keys to saturation number one you got to hear something and then number two you got to see something and number three you got to say something and the world has this sold down. That's why the same commercials they play over and over and over and over again. Because they know that it is only through repetition of information that you eventually digest that information and then you respond to it. Some of you all wonder why you're shopaholics. Because you watch NBC Shopping Network too much. I mean, you cannot put tempting information in front of you and not respond to it eventually. Amen. And so you got to hear something. Everybody say, hear something. You got to see something. And then you got to say something. And this same process works on God's side too. You got to hear the gospel, which is the gospel of our salvation. When you hear it, then in your mind is going to create a perception. Man, they told me that if I die Today, without Jesus in my heart, I'm going to hell. So you hear these and see these flames in your mind. Man, I don't want to go to hell when I, get, when I die. So then, guess what? You say something with your mouth. 
The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what happens? You're saved. So God uses this system, but the devil's smart. He uses the same system. He just perverts it. So what does it mean to saturate? This is when we must be full of the word, therefore giving no room for nothing else to come in. It is when our soul is saturated so much that our hearts can, cannot be con- contaminated at all. So watch this. Proper saturation will lead to non-contamination. Okay. In other words, when your heart is properly, properly saturated with the word, then it's impossible for those negative thoughts to allow your heart to be contaminated. So here's what I want to do now. Go to Luke chapter 11. Go to Luke 11. Here's where the, the core of the message comes in right here. Luke chapter 11. And write down verse 34 if you're taking notes. Wrong thinking cannot be carried out without thoughts being received and conceived. I'm going to say that again. Wrong thinking. Say wrong thinking. Wrong thinking cannot be carried out. Because, see, it's just a matter of time that you do what you think about. I mean, have you ever heard or thought about something long enough and you ended up doing it? You know, let's say, for instance, somebody got on, uh, is getting on your nerve, which I don't understand what that means anyway. How can somebody get on your nerve? Your nerve is inside of your body. <laughs> so what are they doing? They're riding the nerves inside of your system. But see, if you allow yourself in your mind, you think this person is getting on my nerve. If they keep getting on my nerve, I'm going to cuss them out. So if you think about that long enough, because the devil's throwing that in your mind, cuss them out, cuss them out, just cuss them out, just cuss them out. Well, guess what's going to happen eventually? You're going to cuss them out. And how many know that cussing people out is not good? Let me see your hand. Okay, good. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, when was the last time you cussed somebody out? Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, yesterday. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Okay. Wrong thinking cannot be carried out without Thoughts being received and conceived. Think of it as a woman getting pregnant. When a man releases the seed, the woman's body has to receive the seed. And then her, 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 her system conceives that seed. And then guess what happens? A baby is then born. Okay. Well, the same thing takes place with wrong thinking. It cannot happen without a thought being received and conceived. Now, conception takes place through meditating on what you see, hear, or say. Okay. So in Luke chapter 11, look at verse 34. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Watch this now. I'm going to show you this verse in a different light. It says, the light of the body is the what class? Is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single, your whole body also is full of what? Light. But when your eye is evil, your body also is what? Full of darkness. Now, watch this now. Notice that how much light that comes into your life through your eyes, through your ears, and through what you say, that light controls your body. Because it says, if the light of the body that comes in the eye, he says, if your eye is single, then your whole body is full of light. Now, there are two different sources of light 
that we're going to talk about here. You first have what I call the source of light, and then you have the strength of light. The source of light, we know, is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he said, I am the light of the world. Then there's another verse in, in uh, John 9, 5, or Matthew five sixteen. It says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God. So the light that God has put inside of us is the strength of light. And we are the ones because, see, he said you can put your light under, under a bushel. Which means that we are the ones that control how much light go, comes in and how much light goes out. But the source of light is God. Now, he wants the source or that strength of light in our lives. He wants that light to be in full blast. Because I'm going to show you that the strength of light in your life is going to determine how you think. Amen. So, uh, in Luke 11, 34, he says, the light of the body is the eye. Which says that what my eyes see can control how much light comes into my body. Watch this now. He goes on to say, if your eye is evil, then your body is full of darkness. Which means if what I view, what I see, what I hear, what I say, if it is evil, then darkness is being filtered into my life. That's why you have to watch what you hear, what you see, and what you say. Because those things filter down, and the more you say that's evil, the more darkness comes. Now, let's do my little illustration. Those of you, uh, where's my little flashlight? Everybody say, flashlight, red light. <laughs> Don't backslide on me now. Okay. All right, check this out. I have a, uh, uh, come on out just a little bit right there. There you go. Thank you. Okay. This is an air conditioned filter. This filter represents your thought life. And as long as your thought life is clean, then your body is full of what? Light. But see what happens is we don't understand that when you got saved, when I got saved, the soulish part of us, which includes our mind and our will, our imaginations and uh, our thinking, uh, we didn't realize that all of that came in blocked. So basically, this is what uh, we look like when we got saved. See that? Actually, uh, it really looked like this. Let me see that little pamphlet right there. This is what our life should look like. But without Jesus Christ, there is no light. In fact, the Bible says when you believe in him, he takes you out of darkness and he places you into light. So what happens is we come into the kingdom with negative thoughts and perceptions and things that have happened to us. And we are filtering those experiences through our mind. And if our minds are not renewed, because the, the process starts with the renewal of the mind. If I don't renew my mind, I'm still going to see like this, even though I'm saved. He's taken this away, but my mind is still in the condition it was before I got saved. Your spirit is the thing that's clean right now. So this is what happens. Slowly but surely, what happens is, I want you to now just... Uh, you hold most of these, and you can be his assistant right here. And you're going to hand, you know, let's, let's give him one right now. Now, let's, 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 let's take. These represent thoughts right here. And these are going to represent bad thoughts. So let's, for instance, that same word that you put up last time, uh, ugly. Let's say, for instance, growing up, people called you ugly. 
okay? Or they called you uh, four eyes. How many wore glasses growing up? I wore glasses. Some people who didn't know no better called me four eyes. Well, I said, well, I can see pretty sure that you're ugly, too. I got four eyes. You are ugly four times, you know. See, I didn't let people make, you know. No, no, you're not going to talk about me. Now, that was back in the old days now. And I was good at it, too. So too many people didn't say nothing to me because I come back really fast. Well, let's say, for instance, you couldn't come back that fast. And you ingested that information. You ingested it and they called you ugly. Well, what happens is, uh, this is how you ought to be thinking about yourself based on what God's word says about you. But slowly but surely, we let that information filter into our heart. So now, you're going to hold that up for me. So now, instead of it looking like this, it went down a little bit. Did it go down a little bit? Okay. Now, let's say, for instance, you're going to need a little bit more than that. Put a little bit more than that. Now, the devil comes and says, you know what? Tithing don't work. That don't work. They just want your money. Well, this is how you ought to think about what God says you ought to do. But slowly, this is what's happening right here. Now, when he tells you you ugly, instead of you coming back saying, no, 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 no. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When God made creation, he said it was good. But when he made mankind, which includes me, he says that it was very good. And everything God makes is very good. And so, devil, in Jesus' name, I know I'm the bomb. But see, we don't do that. We just either ignore the thought. So when you ignore the thought, guess what? They just create a place in your heart, and they just keep coming back. So let's give some more. Give some more. In fact, let's put them all up there now. So now, all these negative thoughts, either from your past or even from your perception, has been slowly coming. And now, instead of this way, how much light do you see now? How much? Barely, barely. And that's what's happening to a lot of believers right here. Now, remember he said if, if your body is full of light, then or if your eye is full of light, your whole body is full of light. So guess what these are? These are lies that the devil put in your life. He says, you know what? You got divorced. Ain't nobody else going to want you. That's a lie. But see, if you don't peel away the lie, which I'm going to show you how to do that in just a second. If you don't peel that lie away then you're going to walk around and that's why you see people on TV. Have you ever seen these beautiful models but they, they think they're ugly? And that's why they're still, you know, they're skinny as a pipe but they throw up every meal that they get because in their mind they think they're fat. Y'all know what I'm saying? So let's now look at the process. Uh, let's see here. Just, y'all don't have to stand right there but just be ready to come back. Okay, just be ready. All right. Let's look at now what power saturation does. Go to now the book of Joshua chapter 1. Go to Joshua 1. Joshua 1. Let me show you what you must do to saturate your mind with God's word and what happens when you do that. In Joshua 1, write down this point. Saturation comes through meditation. Saturation comes through meditation. And meditation is not a bad word, okay? Look in Joshua 1 verse 8. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your what? Mouth. Remember now, that's how things come in and go out. He says, it shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate how, will, how much? Day and night that you may observe to what? Do according to all that is written. For when you do those things, when you do what? When the word does, when it comes out of your mouth and when you meditate in it day and night and when you do it, he says, when you do that that those things then 
you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have what class? Good success. So meditation for our lives does three things. You can write this down. Number one, it produces firmness or stability. Because notice it says here that I will make my way prosper. In fact, if you read Psalms 1, go to, keep your hand here real quick. Go to Psalm 1. Go to Psalm 1. Go to Psalm 1. Let me show you that meditation produces uh, stability and firmness. Psalm 1 And let's look in verse, uh, I didn't give this to the first, the uh, first service. Let me give it to you. Watch verse two. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate how long? Day and night sounds just like Joshua, but watch what happens when you meditate on it. And he or she shall be like a tree. What? Planted by the rivers of water. That's firmness. That's stability. That brings forth fruit in their season. Their leaves shall not wither. And whatever they do shall prosper. So meditation does three things. It produces firmness or stability. It produces fruit for our life. And then it produces success. Say success. Now, let me show you. Go to Psalm 19. Psalm, no, Psalm 119. In the first service, I said go to Psalm 199. And I had some people looking for it. And they were like, did you find it? Did you find it? It ain't in there, okay? Psalm 119, look in verse 7. When you begin to meditate on God's word, God's word has the power to convert your thinking and transform your life. Keep your hand here in Psalm 119. And I want you to go to Psalm 19. We're coming back. Keep your hand there. Go to Psalm 19. Let me read this one first. In Psalm 19, it tells us that God's word has the power to convert our thinking. In Psalm 19, write down verse 7. Are you there? It says the law of the Lord or the word of the Lord is perfect and it converts our what? So your soul consists of your mind, your will, your imaginations. That's what that's the realm of thinking. So God's word has the power to convert my thinking. Now, what does it mean to convert? The word convert means to change, to transform. And then it also means to return back to the original state. So, guys, I want you to come back out here. And I just want you to put the flashlight, give me the flashlight. I want you to put the flashlight just through the filter by itself. Watch this now. Put it, just put it through the filter. Now, see that? The word, the Bible says here that God's word is able to convert our soul. In other words, it means that his word is able to return our souls back to the way he created Adam. See, Adam didn't have any negative experiences. He didn't have drama with baby mamas. He didn't have an ex that he had to deal with. He didn't have negative experiences. So he had a clean soul. And the Bible says here that God's word is able to convert or return our souls back to the original state that God made us. But see, in order for that to happen, we have to learn how now to unpeel those lies and perceptions that were negative that we got from the enemy. Thank you. You can keep that up there, but you don't have to stand there, okay? Because I'm going to come back. So watch this. Now go, back, go to Psalm, what I tell you, 119? Go to Psalm 119, look in verse 11. Watch this now. This is going to give you a different meaning of this verse. He says, thy word have I what, class? 
hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. Now, the word hid doesn't mean to hide so you can't find. That word hid means to be stored up. So what he was saying is, thy word have I stored up in my heart. And because I stored it up, I won't sin against you. So watch this now. How much word my heart is saturated with is going to determine how much I sin against God. Or not sin against God. So it is very important that we learn how to saturate the word. In our life. So how do I now learn how to manage these, my thought life? Because see, your thought life is very important. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I remember years ago, everybody said years ago. Years ago, uh, we told heaven the truth about everything. We told it wasn't no Santa Claus. And, you know, heaven would go to school, you know, during Christmas time. They'd be having all that Santa Claus. And she'd be telling all the little kids, Santa Claus not real. And these kids be crying and going up to the teacher. Heaven says Santa Claus is not real. And we just told her the truth. We told her, heaven, there is no Easter bunny. Bunnies don't lay eggs. <laughs> they have babies like people do. But see, we've been, you know, and so I, I, I told her the truth except for one thing, and that was about the tooth fairy. I decided, you know, uh, uh, when she lost her first tooth, I put, you know, I said, put it under your pillow. The tooth care fairy is going to come leave you some money. So she did that. And so that night I came, I took that tooth from under her pillow. I put some money up there. And when she woke up the next morning, she said, Daddy, the true tooth fairy left me $10. I was like, wow, how much they leave you? Leave you? $10. And so probably like she believed that all the way up until she was about four, maybe five. And then finally, I told her the truth about it. And she was mad at me. For lying to her. And some of us are walking around right now with lies that we have believed about ourselves that the devil has told us. And you know what? He has told us through significant others. Or he has told us through negative experiences. Or he has told us because we, remember now, you didn't know truth was truth until you came into the truth. So here it is, somebody, all your life, you believe, you know, you got to have a daddy in your life for you to be a successful person. You got to have a daddy in your life for you to be a real man. You got to have a daddy in your life for you to, you know, feel good about yourself. Let me say this to you. You got a daddy. It's Abba Father. Let me ask you a question. Who was Adam and Eve's daddy? God was. So listen, even, uh, and I'm dispelling this, I don't change things here, but, 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 but I'm, I'm helping somebody right now. See, let me explain something to you. You don't need a daddy to be successful because you have God the Father as your daddy. And so if you didn't know your daddy growing up, then you know what, just say to him, you know what, you missed out on knowing a blessing. Because see, remember now, Abraham had two sons. One of them was born right and one of them wasn't born right. The one that wasn't born right is what we could call out of wedlock. His name was, well, he had Isaac, which was born right, and Ishmael that was born wrong. But even with Ishmael, God said that Ishmael would be a very successful man. 
and that he would be a conqueror. God said that about Ishmael. And Ishmael, watch this, got kicked out of the house with his mama when he was a baby. And so he was not raised by his daddy. So even if you are a single mama, God's put inside of you the ability to raise that boy. And God will bring some people around you to help you raise that boy. So just, but that's a negative thought. That's a negative thought. So how do we manage these negative thoughts? First of all, we got to become doers of the word. Write down James 1.22. It says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. So doing the word is the prevention for deception. When we consciously obey God's word, it creates peace in our heart and our conscience becomes clearer. Now go to 1 John chapter 5. Go to 1 John chapter 5. Go to 1 John 5. A clear conscience creates confidence towards God. See, when you do the word, doing the word first prevents deception. And then when we consciously obey the word, it creates peace and our conscience becomes clearer. And then a clear conscience towards God creates confidence towards God that you could never get uh, on your own. Look in 1 John chapter 5, look in verse 14. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know, not hope, but he says, if we know that he heard us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition. I don't need to see a sign. I don't need to have what they call a Gideon fleece. I don't need that because when I ask God, my conscience is clear because I'm walking by the word. And because I have a clear conscience toward God, my confidence toward God is up. And you can cannot tell me I'm not going to get what I asked for because I have confidence towards God. And verse 14 says, this is the confidence that we have toward him. So how do we start this whole uh, manage your thought life process? Number one, you got to start renewing your mind with God's word so that the process of the layers of lies and unbelief that has been imparted into your heart When you came to Christ, before you came to Christ, they will begin to unpeel themselves. In other words, that's why it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, when you transform your mind by renewing your mind with the word, slowly that word is going to unpeel the layers of unbelief in your life. Now, what is uh, number two? Go to 2 Corinthians very quickly. We have one more verse after this and then we're going to go home. 2 Corinthians, look in 2 Corinthians 10. And let me show you something about your thoughts because they are so powerful. When you start renewing your mind, because remember now, you came into Christ with a jacked up mind. That's just the way it is. I mean, how many guys, how many cussed before you got saved? And then you start cussing while you were still saved. I mean, it took me like three years to stop cussing. I had a lot of cussing in me. So slowly, I had to get that cussing out. Well, I started feeding my mind with the word. Here's one of the scriptures I used to use. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to those who hear you. Man, I put that word inside of my heart. I also also put Proverbs 18, 21. It said, death and life is in the power of your tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So I said, man, I got to do something with this mouth. Amen. And so now in 2 Corinthians 10, are you there? Look in verse 5. 
Here's a process. It says, for the weapons, I'm in verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. But they're mighty through God to pull down strongholds. What are strongholds? Strongholds are nothing but layers of lies that you have believed and you've just made a decision. That's just me. I'm just going to believe it. I believe I'm ugly. I'm just, I'm ugly. Can't nobody. And that's why people can pump you up. And that's why some of y'all not married because you think you ugly. Oh, man, I done stepped in something today, Hammer. Some of y'all have not gotten married because you really believe on the inside you're too ugly to get married. And people can come around you and tell you you're the most beautiful thing and you are so deceived because you believe those lies from the devil. You can't even, watch this, you can't even accept that, that, that uh, compliment because you really believe the opposite. So you're looking at them like, yeah, they just lying to me. Uh-huh. They just want some. Well, no. You just, oh, why did I say that? I'm telling the truth, though. Okay, at least I said that in a, in a decent way. Okay, I said it in a decent way. All right, watch this now. I, I, I'm out of time. I got to stop. Can, can I keep going? Okay, okay, okay. Watch this now. Verse 5. He says, casting down what? Imagine, what do imaginations take place? In your mind. He says you cast those down and everything that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. And then you're going to bring into captivity every what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. And let me show you how that works. Remember now in Matthew 4, 4, when Jesus was tempted by the devil. Remember now the devil throws thoughts at you. That's how he talks to you. Just like God talks to you. He tells you something. It comes in the form of thoughts and then you hear. Well, when the devil throws thoughts at you, he was throwing the thought at Jesus. He said, Jesus, if you are really the son of God, cast these stones into bread. Now, why is that so significant? Because in chapter 3, the last verse says that after Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of God came down and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So God had just said to Jesus, You are my beloved Son. So now the devil wants to tempt him by making him doubt who God said he was. So that's why that was more of a temptation. It wasn't even about him being hungry. It was about him really believing is did God really say what he said to him and did he really believe it? So that's why he says it is written. Written. Man shall not live by bread alone. Let me show you what Jesus did because and this is part of the process. You cannot stop a negative thought with another thought. You must stop a negative thought with the word of God coming out of your mouth. And that's why it says it is written. So I want everybody in the room to do this. I want you to start counting in your mind from one till whenever I tell you to stop. And if I come up to you and ask you something, I want you to answer my question. So everybody start counting real quick. Start counting real quick. Everybody start counting. Everybody count. Everybody count. All right. All right, all right. Everybody counting? Let me see this right here. All right. Everybody counting? All right, I don't know what number you on, but uh, all right. What's your name? Leslie. Is it on? What is it? Leslie. Leslie. Did you have to stop counting to answer me? Yeah. That's how you stop a negative thought right there. Because a negative thought can't keep playing if you start talking out of your mouth. And that's why the devil wins because we ain't saying nothing. We just sit there and let the thought come. You ugly. You ain't going to make it. You broke. You sorry. Nobody loves you. 
Nobody ain't going to marry you. And we just sitting up there letting those thoughts up. When you're supposed to be doing this, let's go this and I'll, and I'll stop right here. All right, let's go back. Come on back up here, guys, with my illustration. Let me show you how to peel back the layers of God's, uh, of, of, of these negative thoughts. Let me show you how to do it. Okay, here we go. This is how our minds are supposed to be. Let's say, for instance, you came to Jesus Christ and your life was jacked up. So this is what you see right here. But now you start seeing that, wow, man, the devil's lied to me about how I look. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay? The Bible says whatever God made was good. And when he made mankind, I was very good. So now that's a peel. You just peeled off. Now, is there a little bit more light there? Then he tells you, you broke. Look at it. You done filed bankruptcy three years ago. Your credit is jacked. You, you won't prosper. But then you say, oh, no, God said he will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When I give, it shall be given to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. When I tithe, he said he will open up the windows of heaven and, and bless me. And so slowly those thoughts start getting unpeeled. And then he just lies to you and he says, you know what? You know what? God ain't going to never do nothing with your life. And you can say, oh, no, the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, he has a plan for my life, plans for good and not to hurt me, plans that's going to give me an expected end. And next thing you know, you are slowly peeling back all the lies, and you keep your mind clear like this by confessing the word. So when the negative thought comes, you don't let it back in because the negative thought is harder to get out than it is to keep it from getting in. How do you keep it from getting in? When you manage, here's the last process. When you manage what you're thinking about. See, you just can't sit up there and think about nothing. You you just can't let your mind go free. You can't be giving people a piece of your mind. You need all your mind. Don't give them a piece. So now when you are hearing thoughts that come. You manage them. And then the last scripture, we'll close right here. Thank y'all for giving me the extra time. Philippians chapter 4. Go to Philippians 4. We'll close on this verse right here. See, let me give you the process again. You start the renewal of mind process. And then you monitor your thoughts through which controls how you feel. Because when you manage your thoughts, they control, your thoughts control how you feel. You know, heaven, you know, she played soccer and one day she was tired. She didn't want to go to practice and she was crying literally. (laughs) So I'm in the car taking her to practice and she crying. I said, heaven, you can control how you feel, baby, by thinking things positive. I said, see, you're thinking that practice is bad for you. Practice is good for you. It's going to make you a better player. It's going to help your stamina. It's going to produce some, some things for you that's good. I said, and you can control how you feel about practice by how you're thinking about practice. I said, heaven, if I decided right now, say, heaven, let's go to the mall instead of going to practice, and I'll give you $1,000 and we're going to go shopping. I said, how would that make you feel? Oh, I would feel real good because she thought I was going to do it. But I had to help her see. That how you feel is based on how you thinking. And some of you all who've been consistently walking in and out of depression, you know why you've been walking in and out of depression? Because depression thoughts have been walking in and out of your mind. You got to control it. So after you renew your mind, you use that process and you manage or monitor your thoughts, you just got to watch them. You got to watch them. And then when one tries to come, you're going to open up your mouth and you're going to say what God's word. And if you don't know what God's word says, 
Find somebody who knows. Can you give me a scripture on peace? Can you give me a scripture on prospering? Can you? And that's why CDs are so necessary because the commercials got them down. That's why they do those commercials over and over and over. When you listen to the word over and over and over and over and over again, it's going to get down in your heart and your mind is going to know and be active and be ready. And I believe by, by, mon- by meditating on the word, I think it prevents Alzheimer's too. Man, ain't nowhere in the world you're going to forget what's going on in your head when you got the word in there. Because the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. See, there's somebody here today. You fearing that that thing is going to flow down into your family, to you, because it's already in your family. And somebody else had it, and granny had it, and somebody else had it. And you thinking, man, I don't want that. You won't get it if you just keep your mind focused on the word. Amen. So Philippians 4, 8 says this. He says, he tells us what to think about. He says, finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, he said, think about those. So if what you're thinking about doesn't fit into that category, it should never get into your thought process. You can't stop the devil from throwing the thoughts at you, but you sure can stop the thoughts from getting into your heart. Did y'all get anything out of today's message? Okay. Remember I told you something I always go wrong when I'm, the, the clock just, see, look at the clock. See that clock? It just, I couldn't keep up with where I was with time because it just stopped working. It just stopped working. It wouldn't, I, I don't even know what that says. It says CD on there. Maybe y'all need to buy the CD today. That's what you need. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Let me explain how this works. The Bible says.